I got, I was worried about something. I don't remember what it was, but there was some intrusive thought going on in my mind. And I got to the end of the work day and I realized that I had no memory of the whole day. Hello and welcome to the Mothering Together podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Calabro, and today I have the great honor of chatting with Danielle Gagnon. We get it. Being a mom is hard. You need support through the amazing moments and the heartbreaking moments. Together, we'll find balance in the heavy role of mothering. We'll reconnect with the parts of ourselves that we've lost along the way. And we'll build a community that we can lean on. So one more time, let us just say, welcome, welcome, welcome to Mothering Together. All right, guys, as I mentioned, I get to interview my good friend, Danielle. Danielle and I have been friends for a couple of years at this point, and as soon as I decided to have a podcast, I knew she would be numero uno on the list of people that I would be interviewing. Danielle is the host of her own podcast. It's called The Content Cash Machine, and it's for small business owners or marketing professionals who are interested in learning more about just how to make sure their businesses show up on Google. Needless to say, I'm going to be picking her brain to make sure that Mothering Together and our community end up top of the list when someone Googles something like how to manage all the things in motherhood. Today, our interview is not about business. It's about OCD and kind of Danielle's real experience with it, similar to how I shared last week about my diagnosis with ADHD, Danielle is going to share her story of finding out she had OCD. In the grand scheme of things, this is number one in my ever having interviewed someone, and in true first-time fashion, it is very imperfect. Um, There's a little bit of an issue with the audio, so just please forgive the fuzzy, tinny sound, and I think we've solved it, so future interviews will be a little bit higher quality, but I could not bring myself. Danielle was just so authentic and genuine and shared so vulnerably vulnerably that um, I could not ask her to do this again. So here we go. Grab your iced coffee and maybe a load of laundry and let's get started. So let's pretend that we live in Florida or somewhere in Tornado Alley. And we get notified that something is coming, something, something, I don't know, tornado, uh, hurricane is coming straight for our homes. What three things would you grab to help you encapsulate your mothering experience? Okay. So I have a follow-up question before I answer. <laughs> okay. I like it. Because <laughs> this is, this is my personality. Now, am I trying to get memories or am I trying to survive? Memories? <laughs> Oh, okay. See, my question, like this question really ties into what we're going to be talking about because like my brain immediately is like, okay, there's going to be danger everywhere. So should I try to survive? Okay. Memories. This is actually really easy for me because I have three kids and for each kid, I have this special box with like the most important memories for each of them. And it's this really cool product, actually. It's by... I think the brand is called Saver, but it's called The Vault. And it has like little drawers and little folders. And so I have like sonogram pictures and baby booties and like their hospital hats. 
and hospital blankets and like my favorite outfit for when they were babies and little things like that. So I would just grab all three of those. It'd be, they're fairly big, so it'd be hard to carry, but that's what I would grab. Wow. I, you know, I thought you'd have like three different things, but I like this and I also want one. They're super cool. How big are they though? They're not that big. They're like, um, I don't know, like three encyclopedias stacked together. Like <laughs> everybody knows what an encyclopedia is. No, that's awesome. I think like a bread box, which I also can't picture. Yeah. I, yeah. That's great. You can always put it like into a wagon and drag it, right? Like yeah. You- oh yeah. Cause I'd want my, I'd want my wonderful wagon too. So I would just throw them in there and then push it out. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I like, I haven't been that good about keeping track of my kids stuff. I have like all of my son's uh, like school paperwork is in uh, a big drawer. And- yeah. I mostly throw everything out. So like <laughs> those three boxes are my only memory. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I love to not save things. I mean, I like, I like things, but I hate having stuff and so I like this was like the perfect solution for me I was able to keep like some a few like special things and then I I didn't feel so bad about getting rid of like everything else how often do you add stuff to it not that often so I imagine I will add like papers and things like that because that's really the stuff that's empty right now not empty but more empty is like the side of this box that has folders and stuff so like for like schoolwork and art and stuff like that I'll probably add to that but um and I think I have like one little section open in like the little drawers but I feel like I might end up updating it down the line if like something turns up that I'm like this is really special and I want to add to the box but mostly it's their like baby stuff in there right now Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I like all of that. I don't have any baby booties. I think I got rid of them. <laughs> all right. You ready to dive into your story? I am ready. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about your story of becoming a mom with OCD. And I want you to kind of paint us a picture of, you know, where you were before kids. And I think that's before OCD too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I knew I had OCD because (laughs) the truth is um, it has always been present and it's it's one of those things and I feel like you can probably relate to this it's one of those things that like when you hear oh you have OCD suddenly like your whole life flashes before you and you're like oh duh of course this like everything makes sense now Um, (laughs) of course I have OCD (laughs) like how am I 30 years old and just finding this out or 29 maybe? Um, it was it, like, I have always, always, always very clearly had OCD, but just didn't know it. It was one of those things that like, I kind of always thought these, I had like quirks about me that were just like my own personal flaws or my own personal, like weird things that I did or like, I just worry a lot. I just have these weird, super dark thoughts that drive me crazy. Like, it's fine. It's just how I am. (laughs) And like, (laughs) never made the full connection that like, that's what it was until having kids. I guess we should probably dive into what is OCD and like, what 
like your symptomology is because I'm sure just like ADHD like everyone presents differently like people think ADHD is like the kid who's bouncing in the back of the classroom but my version of it is like space cadet like looking out the window or in my case reading a romance novel under my book under my under my desk in like seventh grade yeah no that's a that's a good um place to sort of dive in so I think one of the reasons I never really thought about having OCD or like probably even my parents never really like considered that this could be a thing is because I think especially in the 90s and early 2000s when you know I feel like mental health wasn't as big of a conversation as it is now I always thought of OCD as people who just like needed everything to be clean and perfect and like organized and that sort of thing and I was not that at all I kind of am now but um, I was not that way at all as a kid and even really like into adult early adulthood Um, for me the things that that I always struggled with and that are really common in OCD um, and really like more the hallmarks of OCD than the things that we sometimes think about are like the intrusive thoughts. Um, so just like really obsessive, worrying thoughts that nobody wants to be thinking about. And then like r- what they would call like rituals, ritualistic behaviors. So things like before I went to bed at night as a kid, I had this very long and involved routine, except it wasn't like a calming bedtime routine. It was like, I must open my closet three times. I have to tap on my headboard in these very specific spots. And if I do it wrong, I have to do it over. Like I have to start all over again. And like checking, there was lots of checking, lots of tapping on things. These like very intense rituals around like certain moments of my day for me it was definitely moments that like were anxiety inducing for me so going to bed was one leaving the house to go to school and then as I got older leaving the house to go to work and things like that where I just had these like specific rituals and I was pretty good at either hiding them or adapting them like when I went to college this is <laughs> good example I was like well I can't exactly go around like tapping my headboard my roommate is gonna think I'm crazy and so I like made a new version of this routine that I could like slyly do without anyone noticing Uh, so it was like things like that that again looking back on it I'm like well obviously that was like an actual diagnosable thing but in the moment I never really realized (laughs) Yeah, of course you didn't. Cause that was just how you were living your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting to me. Well, I really want to know how did you adapt for the dorm room? So the thing with the rituals is that, and I think this is like fairly typical for most people with OCD is like, you're not just doing it for the sake of doing it. There's you're doing it because you have like convinced yourself that they have power. Right. So like for me, it was like, the bedtime one if I did these things it meant like I was gonna make it through the night and wake up in the morning <laughs> like, it's just like sad but that's what I thought about as even like a little kid yeah. for sure and so I had to sort of like it was like this mind 
this mind game of like convincing myself like okay well I can it's okay to exchange the tapping of the headboard for like tapping the side of my bed because I'm still tapping the bed and if I do it the same number of times it'll be fine like so it was sort of like this process of just finding like sneaky alternatives that would still work for like the part of my brain that needed to do the ritual but also wouldn't make me look crazy in front of my roommate (laughs) it almost sounds like you're like bargaining with yeah like yes okay if I tap this three times you're not gonna let me die tonight right yeah and that's exactly (laughs) what it is and that my therapist has even used that term of bargaining like that's a big a big OCD thing all right so obviously that was going on and you didn't really know what the heck it was, but it was happening. Um, so what happened? Obviously you had kids. What happened where you were like, ah, I need to get checked out. Yeah. So for me, it was the intrusive thoughts and the like obsessive worries became significantly more intense really honestly like leading up to kids and then exacerbated by having my oldest child so in I would say in like the two years before having kids it had already started to get worse and I think it was probably just it's like a stressful phase of life you're getting married and buying your first house and like getting you know jobs and it's just like a stressful time and so I think that had started to exacerbate exacerbate things for me. My intrusive thoughts have always been very like health and death related. Um, and so I was just like, it was getting to the point where I was having very regular like panic attacks and just feeling like I couldn't breathe and things like that, even before having kids. And then once I was pregnant and then once I had my son, which was in 2017, it just got way way worse he we had a fairly scary birth for him he had a heart issue after he was born and it just like started me on this path of feeling like utterly terrified about everything related to him and his health and my health and it was just like it was I was just like literally terrified all the time and any little thing would worry me and like any mom knows babies make all kinds of weird noises and they do all kinds of weird things and like any little noise or weird facial expression I would be like googling and convinced that he had you know some super rare condition and like it was it was a lot of that but the thing that like the one moment that I sort of look at as being like the day that I called a therapist um was I was at work it was probably a a month or maybe even just a couple weeks after I went back to work after maternity leave um and I got I was worried about something I don't remember what it was but there was some intrusive thought going on in my mind and I got to the end of the work day and I realized that I had no memory of the whole day I was like so in my head worrying the whole day that I literally didn't remember like I had done work I like I had gone to meetings but I just like I left work I remember it so clearly I left work I got in my car and I was like oh my god I literally could not tell you what I did today and I like sat in my car googled a therapist and called them and like today I feel like you would never find someone immediately but this person did was they pick like up? yes he picked up <gasps> and he scheduled an appointment <laughs> like, 
That's awesome. <laughs> yes, it was a miracle. <laughs> it would not happen now. <laughs> no, I vividly remember I I called a therapist too and like it was like a dark and stormy morning. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. I feel like it's you know where you were when you called your therapist yes. for the first time because you were like close to rock bottom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. So how long has it been? You said the year and I'm not good at math. <laughs> so how so, long have you been managing it and knowing about it? Um, so my son is almost six. So almost six years, like five and a half years. Okay. And like, what does that look like for management for you? Are you yeah. in therapy still? And what's that? Yeah. So I am in active regular therapy. I'm sort of in like maintenance mode now, I guess I would call it. So I, I do therapy once a month at this point and then, you know, add in sessions if there's anything going on that makes me feel like I need more. Um, but I do pretty well with once a month. I have not ever use medication I've considered it um, but I've actually had really good success managing um, with therapy my Mm -hmm. the therapist I see now is not the same therapist that answered the phone that day Um, but that therapist was like serious the original one seriously seriously transformative for me he he's not the right therapist for me now but he we did like very intensive work for probably nine months specifically on getting me to stop all of the ritualistic behavior. Um, and that like that piece was so significant because what I learned from him and in doing therapy was that every time I did one of those behaviors, it was like confirming to my brain that, the thing I was worried about was real. I can see that. So like I was basically just like consistently making my anxiety and my intrusive thoughts worse by like reassuring myself with these behaviors, essentially. Right. Instead of fighting back, I'm sure in my therapy as an anxious person with ADHD and depression, it's like you fight back with your thoughts because your thoughts aren't necessarily telling yes. you the truth that like your brain doesn't necessarily say real things um so I'm sure that that's part of it yes I, I still have my fridge magnet that he gave me that's like the eight lies of OCD and it's basically like your thoughts are not reality like just because your brain thinks something is going to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen it's more involved than that but oh I like that you'll have to send me a picture <laughs> yes Cool. Well, thank you. Is there anything that you feel like we didn't touch upon that would be important to share if there's like a mom out there who's like struggling in the same way you were um, and thinking, hey, this sounds awfully familiar? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely call a therapist if you don't have one already. And and even if you do have one, because I don't think all not all therapists are like well-versed in OCD or have experience with OCD. And I really think that that specific work on overcoming the rituals was like such a huge thing for me like just one example Mm -hmm. of one of them that was sort of like we worked through like my all of my specific rituals in like order of the ones that I thought would feel easiest to stop doing to the ones that would feel hardest to stop doing and the very last one 
was related to flying. I hate flying on planes. Um, and I used to have to do it a lot more for work. I don't anymore. But I used to have to do it a lot and it would cause me weeks of anxiety leading up to it, like really, really intense anxiety. Um, the act, the actual like day of flying was just like actual nightmare scenario for me. And I had <laughs> I had this very specific like routine and and you know, superstitious things that I did. Like I had a pocket in my suitcase with every boarding pass that I'd ever had in my life because they had all made successful flights. So, you know, good luck. Wow. <laughs> and I had to throw them away. Oh, wow. And then fly. Put And then fly. And it was, um, it was an adventure. I did it. The worst part though, I did it. I get to my destination and I was like digging around in my suitcase for something and I realized that I had forgotten one of them. Oh no, so you had to do and it again. And so I was like, oh, this is the only reason I survived and now oh, I will no. die on the way home, obviously. Um, but I still, I threw that one away and I left it in Las Vegas and I flew home and I survived. And it was like, it sounds so silly, but it it seriously was like, this huge like oh my god like these things actually don't have any power whatsoever um so that was like not really an answer to your question but um it was though because it was something we (laughs) hadn't touched on and that's like what that's exposure therapy right yeah basically yeah I definitely I can relate to that I I know like one of the questions that I have that I asked my therapist when like as my oldest especially started getting older was like Mm -hmm. how do I not put this on my kids basically Mm -hmm. like how do I not make them worried about all the same things that I'm worried about like that's always been one of my Mm -hmm. biggest fears anxieties (laughs) yes (laughs) one of my biggest anxieties and I actually think like what I one of the other strategies that I learned in therapy was super super helpful for that which was like kind of like you were saying challenging the thought and but also letting myself think about the bad thing so like I used to spend so much time and energy trying to push my negative thoughts away that I I never actually let myself think about them and so they were always just sort of like hovering there on the outskirts of my brain And so what my first therapist taught me to do was like, actually let yourself think about them, like go as dark as you want. Think Mm -hmm. about all of the bad scenarios, but then like be done with it. You've thought Mm -hmm. about it. You've thought about all the scenarios. You don't have to think about it anymore. And that really helped me. And so that's something that I've been doing with my kids when they have a random fear. I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. Like my, my son was afraid of the Sandman that he heard about recently. So we like talked through the scenario of like what if the sandman shows up in your room what are you going to do like what if he does this then what are you going to do like what if this happens and that I think has been really helpful for him because he's kind of like me Mm -hmm. um in that regard (laughs) um but also just like helpful for me to sort of be able to feel like I'm like modeling that better way of thinking I guess or like yeah Right. I feel like as a mom who's also in therapy, it's like, I just feel that I've been trained on how to deal with things a little bit better than like the layman. Like I'm not a professional therapist. Right. But 
I just feel a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much. Let's do something fun. So let's play a little game called Would You Rather? And I got this from, it looks like it's an Australian website called Melds of Mums. And I've never been to this website before, but they did come up when I Googled. So SEO queen that you are, you would know that. (laughs) that (laughs) Good job, Melds of Mums. (laughs) So it's 10 questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. So would you rather have Legos scattered all over your living room or glitter stuck on the kitchen counters forever oh god I hate both of those things um Mm. I honestly think I would rather have the glitter because if it was truly stuck then it would just be kind of sparkly and the legos mess with my brain yeah and your feet (laughs) if you step on them I should add I actually edited these so they're not exactly (laughs) word for word from mouths of moms uh would you rather have your guests see a dirty toilet or a messy kitchen? Ugh. Um, Probably a messy kitchen because I could pretend I had been cooking all day for their arrival. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Would you rather live with a total slob or a neat freak? Neat freak, for sure. Mm, yep. <laughs> Would you rather experience your kids' temper tantrums in a busy library or have your child poop while shopping in Target? We're talking poop in their pants. Like, where does it land? Yeah. <laughs> are they in a diaper? They have a pull bond. Um, no, I think I would probably still go with the poop. Yeah. Okay. I would too. <laughs> would you rather have someone constantly complain about your cooking or about your cleaning? Mm, my cooking. Yeah. Because <laughs> my cleaning is more important to me. <laughs> Everyone in my house complains about both of those things about me. So it's fine. Would you rather never need to do laundry or never wash the dishes again? Probably the dishes. I don't know why. I just really hate them. I just have to say, and I know I've been plugging to this this to you in private, but I just did like the most dishes of my life. And what is it? Olive and June. Yeah. I just like, they haven't chipped. Like you can see Amazing. them on the camera. Olive and June, if you're listening, sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> But anyway, where were we? Would you rather have a carpet instead of bathroom tiles? Ew. Or <laughs> carton boxes instead of walls, which I don't know what that is. Probably just like it's a carton box. box. Um, oh, God. I'm going to say the boxes instead of walls because I have two boys and like carpet in the bathroom would just be a nightmare. Sounds horrific. Okay. Would you rather do all the housework forever or have your partner do it all, but not the way you want it done. Definitely the first one. I, that's such a trigger for me. It's not good. It's a, it's a personal problem, but I can't handle it. I would be the second one. I don't want to do anything. He can do it however he wants. I'll just live there. Would you rather have your fridge smell like stinky feet all the time or your clothes to come out a size smaller after you do the laundry. I mean, I guess the fridge because I need to wear you clothes. Need to, you can't walk around <laughs> naked. <laughs> and then last one, would you rather clean your home with a teeny tiny vacuum cleaner or scrub the bathroom with just a toothbrush? Have you, this is more of a, have you done this? I was going to say, <laughs> no, so I haven't done that, but I, in my head, I was like, that would actually probably work really well. Oh, so yeah, I'd probably go, crevices. <laughs> probably go with the toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Oh my gosh, we are just so silly. And I loved just the opportunity to hang out with her and chat. And there were probably 8 million bloopers that none of you get to see. But if you want more time with Danielle, then go find her on the Content Cash Machine podcast or over on Instagram at Danielle Gagnon underscore SEO. And if you would like to share your story and hang out with me um, for 45 minutes on Zoom, then reach out. The email is motheringtogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Before you go, I just want you to think about what you're going to do next. Take a deep breath, reconnect with yourself, stretch a little bit, take some time for you, and then we'll see you next Wednesday.